0: And I am getting seriously old. I think I've come to the understanding that I can no longer do 9 or 10 p.m. shows. And I do understand this is my fault. And welcome to the show, everybody. But I'm tired. Like, I am legitimately tired. I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. I don't have responsibilities other than taking care of myself. But man, sometimes taking care of yourself is just as tiring as anything else. And, and I'm there. Right.
1: My, 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 We've all been there, and my wife, as typical, which is what we host typically at five o'clock, trying to track me with all sexual means, because that's the rolls. Or pretty much when she knows that she doesn't hosting this <laughs> Okay, I'm I can word. So. Every other
0: every other word is coming in and out. So all what? I heard was
1: what. You hear me at all?
0: Nope. Okay.
1: Nope. Every try. other
0: word is. Try calling back in. So anyway. Okay. So it's two to one, Houston, in the third inning, and there is not a shot. I will tell you right now, not a shot of me staying awake for this entire game. Like I don't, I don't like the fact that baseball games start at eight o'clock at night. I really don't. But when I'm exhausted. And I am exhausted. This just makes it even worse. Like, I want to watch Game 6. I want to watch Game 7. And Game 7 will probably be on Friday night, and I'll be at a bar somewhere, probably just as exhausted as I am now. But I will have enjoyed watching Game 7 if it was sometime before ending at midnight. And, Seth, we talk about this every single year in that baseball just starts way too late. I mean, 8 o'clock at night, they're in the third inning. It's 9 o'clock, and I just said this two seconds ago while you were trying to call back in. I'd give it a 2% chance, if that, of me being awake at the end of this game. I mean, I think it's it's far less. It might be .5. Percent chance of this game being on and me being awake at the conclusion of this game. And it's just too late. I don't understand the starting at 8 o'clock, 8 08, or whatever for a baseball game. And there have been complaints, not even complaints, but the the, the ratings have showed that this is the worst watched World Series in history, which. The games have it been shouldn't. okay. I know. The games have been relatively okay, but it has been the worst watched game, worst watched, certainly since the 2012 with the with the Royals and the Giants. And I believe it's been statistically one of the worst watched World Series ever. And game six today with Verlander on the hill in Houston, and then hopefully a game seven, if it gets that far, with Scherzer on the hill in Washington. Mm-hmm. Those are the two prime games. You don't. The reason why pe- less people are watching baseball, you and I have talked about this, is that the they're not getting the young fans. And part of the reason they're not getting the young fans is because it's 9 o'clock and they're only in the third inning. And ladies and gentlemen, if you've watched any playoff baseball in the last, I don't know, 10 years, you know that the second four innings, Take much longer than the first four innings due to pitching that, changes that, and whatnot.
1: That, that's when you have the eleven, uh, the eleven pitching changes. So, uh, can Sorry. you can you hear me better now?
0: You're fading in and out. So you, it's you like cannot I hear, hear you me and too. then you fade. I hear you and then you fade, and I hear you and then you fade. It's kind of like you're on like a switchboard. Where you start that's, off really kinda of well annoying. and then it just fades out. Yeah, oh, trust me. It's
1: just as annoying listening to you.
0: And this is more annoying than generally listening to me.
1: So I get it. Nothing, nothing could be more annoying than generally listening to you.
0: Wow. You know, you, I'm you tired, I'm beat. You're I know I threw up a softball. I know I threw you, up a you softball. Did it I did. I, I am... Yeah, so anyway, so I, I just don't get it. I don't get why baseball consistently has to run the table this late, why they, can't, why they can't start even a half hour earlier. The NFL found out the hard way in which they went from 9 p.m. to 8.30, and they got more fans. Oh, the other thing is I did do a, a spin karaoke tonight when we moved the show. So, my meeting got canceled, and so I have no voice on top of everything else. So, I'm... Your meeting, your meeting got canceled? Well, I had back-to-back-to-back meetings, and the last... And, and the second meeting went so well that we didn't have the third. <laughs> so, I was happy. Wow. Camper. Yeah. I guess I'm doing well, or something's going well. So... We had the NFL trade deadline today, and and or the deadline was today. We did have a bunch of trades, just very few of them happened today. And the Giants, Seth, we we talked about this yesterday. You and I offline made a very interesting trade to me. The Jets made a really good trade in, with the Giants in getting rid of Leonard Williams or trading Leonard Williams to the Giants for a third and a fifth which may become a fourth conditional fourth uh, conditional fifth and we talked about this last week where we I had hoped that the Jets would get maybe a fourth for him and they wound up getting a third I don't quite get what the Giants were doing here maybe you can explain it to me
1: I, I think I get it but I don't like it I think what What Gettleman is saying is, this is a 24-year-old guy who I loved five years ago, and three years ago when he was coming out of the draft, and I still think he's got a lot of room for growth, and I can probably get him a little bit on a discount now, and have have and have exclusivity to negotiate a contract with him. That is the Giants' consensus on why this was done. That being said, they have the they need defense. They need defensive end help. They need rushing the quarterback help. They need linebacker help. They have Dalvin Tomlinson, who was a second round pick a couple of years ago. They have B.J. Hill from Wisconsin. Um, they have uh, the first round pick this year, Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, I don't know. These are all. These are all defensive. These defensive tackles. I don't know why you're bringing in another defensive tackle. I, 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 as I said, I have, but I haven't understood half of what Dave Gettleman has done so far. I haven't. Um, you know, the one thing. You know, I, now I did agree. I did agree with the Saquon Barkley pick, as you know, and I know that there was a lot of crap because people wanted to go quarterback. And I gave him grief on the Daniel Jones, but that is seemingly working out okay. (sighs) He wants to build the lines and but he's got a long way to go and that defense is just terrible. But I just I don't get I just don't get why you need someone who can rush the quarterback. That simple. And Williams may be a talented player, but he hasn't shown he hasn't shown enough to warrant a massive contract. And even at his best.
0: Now we really be- lost be- that.
1: No, oh, you did for go. a second. Even at his best, he is not a long-term contract. So I, 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 don't know why they would have done this.
0: Well, I think you can, uh, you can state that if they can't come to a long-term deal, Leonard Williams will be franchised. I can't see you giving up a third round pick and not franchising this guy if you can't come to a, an agreement on a long-term contract. I can't see you giving up a third round pick and they a third now granted they probably will get a fourth rounder back in the in the uh compensation pool, but that will be in 2021. But if Gettleman doesn't get him under contract, I can't see giving up that pick for basically what is six games. Like,
1: that's... Six a, games that have, no have no playoff... That have no... have no playoff impact whatsoever.
0: Right. So, okay, so these are the trades that took place in the last couple of days. Tell me about some impact. Michael Bennett goes from the Patriots to the Cowboys. I love the trade from the Cowboys' point of view. I think the Cowboys did they they got him for very little. I believe they got him for a fifth or a sixth round pick. Bennett's still a player. He wasn't get he's not the player from 4 years ago, but he's going to add some good depth to that line if if Robert Quinn goes out, he can still rush the passer, he can still play inside and outside. He's not a 20 sack guy, but he is definitely a formidable, formidable player in the middle. And for that defense, they need as much as they can. He is a name too, and I'm not saying Jerry just collects names, but he does. I mean, let's call it spade the spade. But I think that is an impactful trade for the Cowboys and the Patriots were just looking to get rid of him because he was making waves about not playing.
1: To me, it's a no-brainer because you, I mean, who's Dallas's best defensive player? So by contract, it's Demarcus Lawrence. And he's done nothing this year. And what this does is this will free up. Now um, the other side, Robert Quinn has had a decent year, but this will free up Lawrence is going is not they're not going to be able to double team Lawrence if you have Michael Bennett and Robert Quinn also on the line. So hopefully this will not only it'll be a twofold; it'll give you some additional pressure with Bennett, who for all intents and purposes is a sack specialist at this point. And and we'll also, if it gives you one-on-one coverage with uh, DeMarce, DeMarcus Lawrence, that defense, you know, who's so good with Jalen Smith and well, Sean Lee, if he's healthy, it's, it, it just adds to me, it's a, again, it's a no-brainer. For Dallas and New England, wanted to get rid of a malcontent, who it's kind of hard to listen to someone complain when your team is let up 35 points. Your team is is has more defensive points than you've rolled out than you've allowed offensive points this year.
0: So here's here's an interesting stat that I that I read yesterday from ESPN. I think it was Tristan Cockroft who said that the New England – now this is fantasy points. New England has scored more fantasy points on, for their defense. Now remember, defenses are normally taken what? In the 16-round draft, where are they generally taken, Seth? It's 15th. 14, 15, 16. 16. Yeah. So they have outscored every tight end. They have outscored every wide receiver except for the top five. And they have outscored every running back, I believe, except the top eight. They're decent. That's insane. <laughs> like and and to be fair, when I first started fantasy leagues, I believe that we put enough points on the defense to make defense actually like a formidable talent. Like a, a defense could win you a game. A defense is, it's very rare for a defense to be able to literally win you a fancy game anymore. I think it's happened five or six times this year, five of them being new England. And I believe one was Philadelphia when Philadelphia had like 35 points in one game, but it's very rare. But when New England can outscore every tight end. I remember Travis Kelsey was going in the first round in many drafts. So that just tells you how many points and how well they are playing. Okay. Uh, Kenyon Drake going from the Dolphins to the Cardinals. I don't think has any major impact other than the Cardinals needed a, a running back with the loss of David Johnson and now Chase Edmonds. But other than that, I think it was good on uh, Chris Greer getting yet another draft pick uh,
1: for a guy that was not going to be resigned. Yeah, I, I think it was – I mean, it was a sixth-round pick, I think, so it's not really that exciting. But agreed. Arizona just – look, I guess in their minds they're still kind of in the running at three, 3-3-1 three and one for a wild card spot. Um David Johnson should be back in two weeks, if not next week. It's a, I, I get why they did it, but and I guess to give up a six-round pick, even if you has such a small chance to make the playoffs, not a, not a huge impact either way.
0: I actually think that the Cardinals have... They play the Niners this week, and then I think they have a bye week. So I think they have time. Um, yeah, yeah, they played the Niners this week and then they don't play again until uh, December 1st. So play, so this is, to me, this is a one-week fill. They need a Kenyon Drake for one week. And if, if you're the Dolphins, and I've said this to you offline as well, look, the draft is a crapshoot, right? We all know this. So you've had first-round busts. You've had sixth-round Tom Brady's. And mm. Bill Belichick has mastered this not by saying I need all the first round picks I can get. He just says, I need picks because I'll throw the spaghetti at the wall and see which one's thick. And sometimes it could be that first round pick being uh, Vince Wilfork. Sometimes that first round pick could be somebody that doesn't pan out. And I'm trying to think of a first round that didn't pan out on on New England. Um for oh, some reason, I'm not coming. I know, but none of them are coming to. There's got to be a wideout, right? All their wide, none of their wideouts yeah. ever
1: panned out. None of their wideouts have ever panned
0: out, right? So there's got to be a first round wideout. But anyway, so, but then they then they get like the sixth round picks, or the Julian Edelman's, who was a seventh round pick, <laughs> or they get the undrafted free agents. So. New England has, by the way, the, uh, the end of the third, and Houston is up 2-1. to one. Um, They're going into the top of the fourth. So, but the fact is, New England has stated, we will throw as many picks against the wall and see which ones stick, and Chris Greer is following suit. He is getting rid of anything and everything that does not stick to the wall right now, including Minka Fitzpatrick, and today he made an interesting deal Getting a getting a a, key, a key to leave, and a fifth and a fourth round pick. Hold on, I got that earlier today, which was interesting. He got a key to leave and a fifth round pick, and traded away a sixth round pick. So he actually got a better pick for keeping to leave, which is very much a NBA type deal. Is yes, it is. We just want to dump salary, just dump salary. So he's so at least Chris Spear is doing a good job at accumulating picks, whether they be lower or higher. Okay, we talked about Leonard Williams. Muhammad Sanu we talked about late last week, last week. Going, from, going from the Falcons to the Patriots for a second-round pick. That's a, that's a lot of draft capital. We said it last week. Sanu had, I believe, a couple of catches this week. Um, he just brings something new to that offense. And they needed something else. Uh, while the defense has pretty much done everything that they can for New England, the offense without Gronkowski, without Nigel Harry, um, is is okay. But it's not great uh, beyond James White and Sonny Michelle. So it gave them a th- – and now, as I predicted last week, Josh Gordon was on his way out. And Sanu – uh, has taken over that role, and I think that's. A, I think that will, if not pay dividend short term, I think long term it certainly will.
1: Yeah, I mean, no real, no real arguments, and the nice part, look, the defense is not going to be able to hold this, you know, hold this line continuously. The, this they've been wonderful, but let's be honest, the schedule has been brutally tough, brutally simple. And if you go to what what their schedule is going to be the rest of the year, and I'm just pulling it up quickly. I mean, just pulling it up on ESPN right now. So they play – okay, so yeah, so the reality starts next week. So they play Baltimore – they're at Baltimore next Sunday. Then they have a bye at Philly, home against Dallas, at Houston, home against Kansas City, at Cincinnati, led by the immortal Ryan Finley because Andy Dalton is now benched. And then at home against Buffalo and Miami. So they have a tough six-game spread. Five game five game one and then it kind of becomes easier easier again to finish up. Um you know they're a team with as you said they're a team led by their defense, and which is interesting cuz you still if you look at that defense there's not too many major names. You know the McCordys are there. You know there's but there's no you know, but Trey Flowers is gone. You know, so many of the big names that, are, that, that have made up this defense over the last few years is, are gone. And even against, you know, let's be honest, some really inept teams. It's an amazing accomplishment to let up 27, 30, 37, 51, 64 points in eight games. Now, you could do that against the, against the college teams, eight college teams that would be impressive, let alone a professional. Um We'll see it, but you know, we'll see how it plays out and they certainly have a lot of, an enormous amount of time to figure it out because I mean Buffalo's two games back, but nobody really at least, but nobody really thinks Buffalo can make a run. So for all intents and purposes, the division is over for the for the umpteenth consecutive year and we're still in October.
0: A big a big part of that defense has been the return of Jamie Collins. And Jamie Collins was a Pro Bowl Uh, linebacker, and look, when Belichick wants to pay his guys, he pays his guys. Just doesn't happen very often, and certainly not on the defense. I mean, I can name two guys that he's paid. He's paid uh, sorry, three. Vince Wolferk, Deontay Hightower, and Devin McCourty. That's it. Those are the three guys his guys he's paid. He's also paid for Adelius Thomas, and he paid for Stephon Gilmore that he brought in. But of his guys, he let go of Jamie Collins. He let go of Chandler Jones, who has more sacks in Phoenix or Arizona now than he did in New England. He's the, he's the first one that I recall, and Seth, maybe, maybe you recall somebody else, that has certainly flourished outside of New England, certainly on the defensive side of the ball.
1: No, he's pretty much it. You go through the names. Malcolm Butler, I think, is, was cut or is going to be cut in Tennessee. Um, Trey Logan Flowers, Ryan.
0: Who'd you say? Logan Ryan, who's also in Tennessee.
1: Logan Ryan, um, you know, they've had so many players over the years that, upon changing teams, have just not been able to live up to the, you know, to they, they've always been capped based upon what they did in New England, and whether that's a reflection of. Belichick or the coordinators or whoever, or, what a wonder! You know, we, look, I'm a, I'm a New York fan. No, no New York fans like New England, but they're an amazing franchise.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, but the return of Jamie Collins and and the play of the McCordy brothers, as along with Stefan Gilmore. Look, Gilmore came over with a big contract, and his first year he struggled in that system. And since then, you talk about lockdown corners. He's as locked. He and Jalen Ramsey, and we've heard all about Jalen Ramsey's struggles, at least getting on the field this year. He and Jalen Ramsey are the two best corners in the NFL. I don't think there's any question that those two are the best. And he's paid for the outside. He's paid for newcomers. But Jamie Collins returning has made a big difference in that lineup. Okay, uh, Emmanuel Sanders caught his first touchdown pass for the Niners, but other than that, was pretty quiet, so he got our bench 11 points, but not our starting lineup, as as our team suffered its, first, its second loss of the year, and as I predicted, a second loss. It just was a much bigger second loss than I thought, and we might have lost James Conner, which is a bigger loss. And then uh, Quadri Diggs goes from the Lions and the Seahawks, and I have to say when Pro Football Talk said Diggs traded to the Seahawks, I said wow they got Stefan Diggs? That's actually <laughs> an amazing deal for the Seahawks, which it would have been, right? I mean, you put Diggs in that lineup with, with our man Tyler uh, Pocket Lockett, that's that's the kind of wide receiver that Seattle needs. And uh but Devin Metcalf uh pulling in a touchdown this week uh may have proven his is his second round pick No, he batted. had two
1: catches for th- he had two catches for thirteen yards and they were both touched up. So I'm not sure that that's proven that's proven it's worth. Uh, two catches is two catches, you expect more. I mean from a fantasy perspective it's fine, but otherwise not so much. Um, yeah, Detroit is not kind of in this in between of are they really selling or are they, or, or they, they going to? I guess they're selling, but right? you know that supposedly Darius Slay was on the market as well. Um, I th- although I think that team may have rioted if he was sold. Um, going to Seattle makes sense. They need, they need some young. They need some young, talented defense. You know, secondary players considering, you know, we're a couple of years removed from the legend of the, legend of, the Legion of Boom. Um, the other one, and we didn't, I didn't know about this actually until about a half hour ago. Did you know the Jets were, tra- were had put Jim Adams on the market?
0: Okay. So here's the thing. To me in the NFL, you're on the market until you're not on the market. Right? I mean, look, the Jets suck. They do. Would you be surprised if the Giants put anybody on the market that's name was not Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley?
1: No, I would not be surprised. Oh, okay.
0: So that includes Dexter Lawrence, right? Who was their first round pick this year? Yeah,
1: yeah, I would yeah, I would. So so I I think everyone is fair game.
0: Right. So, so to me, if the Jets said, okay, Dallas, you want Jamal Adams, come to me and, and, and you want him, let's talk. What are you going to get for him? The, from all reports, the Jets said, all right, everybody's on the market except for Sam Darnold and Quentin Williams. Look, if, if the Jets could get a Jalen Ramsey package for Jamal Adams, two first-round picks and a third— Jamal, I love you, but see ya. Gotta go. Right. So to me, I think it's is Joe Douglas doing his due diligence? Yes. Do I think do I think every player on every team is every player on every team is available for the right price. And I'd say that in every sport. I'd say LeBron James is, is available for the right price. I'd say Giannis, and I can never pronounce, Acapatuco is available for the right price. Well, do teams call asking for Giannis and LeBron? No, because they know that price is, is you can't trade back-to-back first-round picks. That's true. But you can trade every single young player on your team. It's just so not
1: palatable.
0: It. Yeah. Right. It's just not palatable. But that doesn't mean that these players are not available. So I'm not surprised that Joe Douglas took a call or even made a call and said, you know what? We have Jamal Adams. What do you want? And if he got it, he didn't get that type of trade. From reports, he got a Minka Fitzpatrick trade, which was a first, a low first. Well, a low first, not even Mink, a Mink and Fitzpatrick trade was Pittsburgh's first, which will probably be, I don't know, in the 12 to 16 range. The first that they were being offered was the Baltimore or Dallas, which is probably in the 20 to 25 range and a fourth round pick. No, that's not a trade you make for Jamal Adams. But if you're being offered by the Cowboys this year's, second, this year's first, next year's first, and a second, how do you not make that trade? Whether he's on the market or not. So no, I'm not surprised that he was on the market. I'm not surprised that they made Le'Veon Bell available. Le'Veon Bell has struggled. Le'Veon Bell has a lot of money attached to him. And Le'Veon Bell, from all reports, was not one of the choices that Adam Gase wanted. So no. No, the Jets were on the market. The Jets suck. They're 1 and 6. Everybody should be on the market. Except for Quentin Williams. I'd even put Sam Darnold on the market for the right price. But not Quentin Williams. So, no. Not surprised. New didn't think it was going to happen. And the Jets GM Joe Douglas came out and said, "Adams Uh, Jamal Adams tweeted that general manager Joe Douglas quote went behind my back and shopped me to other teams and Douglas said in this case it's simple communication someone told him I was shopping around that's just not true well I mean what's true and what's not true no I wasn't shopping around did I take calls yes okay that's that's semantics right
1: to me yeah so No, it's just uh, never mind. Continue, please. Yeah,
0: so I mean, it's just a matter of at at this point, I think everybody was available until they're not. So okay, Jamal Adams is on the until the Jets start winning and are in the playoffs. To me, you have no right saying I should not be on the trade market. (laughs) You're one in six. I mean for those Jets fans that are now saying J E T S just end the season. I'm with you. Really? The only thing I'm look, the only thing I'm watching these days in sports. Oh, Ryan Zimmerman just tip one. No, it wasn't it was Jan John Gomes home run for Washington. Oh no, he caught the ball. Sorry. Brantley caught the ball in the corner.
1: Wow. Yep. I totally
0: missed that. Um, Anyway, the only thing that New York fans have written for them right now is New York Islanders on a seven-game winning streak. So I'm a happy camper. So today, something came down from the NCAA. I'm not sure you saw that. Where they say, we are now going to investigate uh, allowing athletes to be paid for their likeness. Did you catch that? Okay, are you still there? All right, we lost Seth. Seth, are you there? Hello? Mr. Kaimans. I hear fuzziness in the background. Now I hear like snoring. Okay, I guess he's not there. I'm going to hang him up. Hopefully he'll call back. Anyway, so there was a, um, the NCAA said they will start investigating what would be paying for a person's likeness. Now, before everybody gets so hopped up on this, let's understand this is not exactly what it says. Okay, so the NCAA has given the go-ahead for athletes to benefit off their names, only quote in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. So what does that mean? In the NCAA's own bullet points, it appears, according to uh, College Football com, and we hope Seth does call back, that a this so the state laws, let's understand what the state laws are. So the California has stated that you may not withhold payment for a player of its likeness. Of a, a payer being paid for his likeness. Oh, Seth's back. Seth, did you you're back. Did you catch the uh announcement today that the NCAA said that players will be able to be paid to benefit off their names, images, and likenesses. Did you catch that?
1: I saw that uh, Mark Evans and the NCA passed the bill. Yeah, I didn't look in great okay, detail at it, but I job. Right. So they didn't really
0: pass a bill. So what they said was the the bullet points appear that the organization will at least initially be much more restrictive than the state laws that have already been adopted or discussed. One, it must assure the student athletes are treated similarly to non-athlete students, unless a compelling reason is there to differentiate. Two, how are you going to do that? It must ma- Right. Number two, it must maintain the priorities of education and collegiate experience to provide opportunities for student athlete success. Number three, it must ensure rules are transparent, focused, and enforceable, and facilitate fair and balanced competition. Number five, it must make clear the distinction between collegiate and professional opportunities. I have no idea what that means. Number six, it must make clear that the compensation for athletic performance and participation is is impermissible. So basically, it must make clear that compensation for athletics, performance, or or participation is impermissible. So, if a player is bad, he can get paid. But if a player is good, he can't. And if a player gets better, he can't get paid as opposed to when he was worse. I got to think that's based on performance. No? If he performs better, his likeness will probably be used more and thus he'll get paid more. It's the way that work. I think that's the way the market works. Uh, number Six, it reaffirms that the student athletes are students first and not employees of the university. I call it bullshit It must enhance the principles of diversity, inclusion, and gender equity so men cannot get paid unless they're w- unless the women get paid That's so if a strange. car dealership if a car dealership wants to have so Title Nine now applies to car dealerships that want to put on advertising. And then the last one, protect the recruiting environment and prohibit inducements to select, remain at, or transfer to a specific institution. So let's play the game here because when I went to Syracuse, every single Syracuse player was driving around a certain type of car from a certain dealership. We all It was like the most useless secret of all time that these players got cars. So if they do so if a person goes to school, uh, uh, let's say a basketball player, goes to school his freshman year and what are you doing? Wow, it sounds like you're snoring. I'm not.
1: I I am kind of fitting in and out unfortunately.
0: I just I'm exhausted. As am I. As am I. Okay, so you have a player like Carmelo Anthony go, goes his freshman year. His sophomore year, he knows he can make $100,000 from a car dealership because if he comes back for his sophomore year. According right. to this, he can. Th- that is not an inducement to select, remain at, or transfer to a specific institution. You don't think players are going to go to Syracuse or Kentucky or UCLA or USC or Texas because they have marketing opportunities as opposed to going to St. Joseph's? How are you
1: going to – how is this going to be enforced? It won't be. I mean, I think I see it as an idle threat. They have a couple of the small weight weight classes will – Joint. Uh, because otherwise I, I agree. Man, I
0: just don't get it. Okay, yeah. so Seth and yeah. I are both pretty much falling asleep at this point. We need to stop doing nine o'clock shows. That's what we're, we will no longer be doing nine o'clock shows. So let's do our last five minutes and we'll get out of here, because it sounds like Seth's snoring. Sounds like <laughs> I'm already on the up, on the way down. And so, Seth, go ahead for your last call, and then I will go.
1: I actually have have nothing this week. (laughs) i got nothing.
0: Okay, so I had a lot, and now I have very little because I forgot what I was going to talk about. But I I do enjoy watching – I'm glad that hockey is back in. Oh, next week we're going to talk NCAA college basketball at our regular time at 5 o'clock. That way Seth can be much more involved in the show. In fact, he's actually going to leave the show next week because I'm going to take a back seat. So so be on, be prepared, my friend. It's all you. You're you're leading the show. I am the co-host. You are the lead host. That's the way we're going to do it. So anyway, it I understand. So hockey's back. Happy to do that. Oh. What is our rec- what is our record in the Debate Isles League since its inception?
1: Knock on wood sixty five and twenty five.
0: Sixty five and twenty five. And and to be fair, we have won what? Three times? Right? Three? Three out of six? I think two,
1: I think two got second place twice. Right.
0: And got okay. And how many times and how many times has Nabate won? I have no idea. Oh, uh, that Less would be enough. a big fat zero. That would be zero. There you go. Okay. For Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, (laughs) BacksportsPage.com. 40 minutes. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, we'll be back where both of us are awake. So, um, BacksportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio. Have a great week, everybody. And uh, go to sleep, Seth. We're done. (sighs) 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 See ya.